Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> wow, that was uh, very subdued. That yeah, was, well, that was dumb. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I was trying to get my notes up and I wasn't paying attention. Well, we're fresh off of uh, the church camp out we are. last weekend. We were just talking about that before we went live. Yeah, it was a great time, great weather. Went really well. Yeah. I was pretty wiped out after not sleeping for a couple of days very well in the trailer and Sunday morning, I was kind of zombified. But <laughs> I, feel... I can't remember the last time I I've gone three days without a shower. Oh wow! But that was that didn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, wasn't wasn't good. I went home. I snuck home early in the morning on Saturday. And... Minimal mosquito yeah. bites though. Yeah, the so, mosquitoes weren't bad at all. No, I mean they kind of were a couple times around the fire. Like once the sun got to a certain point, then they would kind of pop out. But yeah, I didn't get hit really. So had some great that. conversations. Just great conversations. Yeah. Uh, spent some yeah great time with. With people and and even people we hadn't you know normally sat down and talked with. It well, was, that's all. Was a lot of all yeah. That's, that's where the money's at with these things, right? Yeah. I mean, like people are kind of like, oh, where's the camp out? Oh, there's nothing there to do. It's like there's people in conversations that yeah. are like gonna be rich. They're always rich at these things. You yeah, know, like yeah. come pull up a chair, and uh, we'll probably get into some of that today yeah. with what we're talking about. But like, yeah, the 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 fellowship was. Um, Awesome. Yep. Sweet, it was. sweet fellowship. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> choice. Yep, choice. There we go. That's Great a, a. a good way to put it. Yep. Great A fellowship. Top. <laughs> Sirloin. <Yep. laughs> what, what else is going on? What's new with you guys? I got nothing, Chad. Nothing. Wow. Nothing trying to, for either of you? Trying to, right. trying to reach right now in my head, but I got nothing. <laughs> my anniversary is Friday, so I guess that's yeah. that's coming up. That's a big mine, deal. Was, mine was yesterday. I saw you yeah, 26 years? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a while. Happy anniversary. That's a minute. Yeah. But you guys will be, what, 30-something? 30 33. And then you guys is in uh, a couple weeks, right? Ours is in a couple weeks, yeah. and we'll, yeah, we'll turn Is yours the 30th? Yeah, 30th. One, it's always one, yeah. It's always, it's always one week after. Last day of June. <laughs> You yeah, paid. so we're all kind of jammed up in the, within a couple of weeks of each other, yeah. our anniversaries. That must be the month. Yep. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary, Where lasting everybody. marriages yeah. happen. If you want a lasting marriage, June. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> guess so. I guess. Oh, yeah. boy. Um, well, uh, today we're going to talk about the church. We uh, we started a new, a new series uh, here in the last couple of weeks, uh, Nuts and Bolts, uh, for our summer preaching series, taking a break from Matthew, and uh, I got to kick us off talking about kind of what and who is the church, and uh, this week I was uh, reading this article that just because of where my head has been, it just caught my attention, mm-hmm. so I thought, gosh, maybe this might be helpful. Who and, put this uh, out? And he, uh, Logos yeah. put it out, okay. but I, I, let's see if the author, a guy Michael named Mike Leak, Leak. Yeah. I don't know that name. Um, but the title of the article is six, six Misconceptions Christians Have About the Church. Hmm. So anyway, just because of you know where I preached are this there last only, couple Are weeks, there only six? I don't think there are only six. <laughs> but these, these six, I think, are, are pretty good ones. And so I thought we would just kind of talk through these six misconceptions and try to be helpful to people. Cool. How they think about the church. Sounds good. Let's Sounds do good. it. Yeah. Ready to just dive right in? Dive in. Okay, so Cannibal. misconception number one, the church... Is a place to go. Let's talk about that for a second. What, what's problematic about 
somebody who like that's kind of their their full conception of the churches. It's just somewhere that I go. Well, look, well, I, I to me first and foremost, it's that you have to that you can only find it in a designated place. Sure. <laughs> like like sure. it only happens in this place, which is why you have to go there in order to experience it. I mean that. It's kind of the most obvious one. Right. Yeah. It's kind of strange that pe- that so many people still have that notion, um, but it really is just this idea of a building, <laughs> that you go to this building and that's where a church is. Right. Uh, that's e- even to the point of it, it's like a sacred place. Like there's things you, w- you wouldn't do, y- you know, but if you go to this building, then you got to be on your best behavior. I, I right. mean, people have told us like, well, I don't want to come in there because the roof will cave in. I mean, it's right. like if the roof's going to cave in on you because of something you're doing, it doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah. Not that that's a good thing to tell them. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever lead with that. but Or like God like lives within the four walls of the mm-hmm. building. Like once you yeah. walk like the in, temple, like yeah. some, something yeah. special is going to happen to you because God's actually there. You yeah, know? he dwells in that location, but yeah. outside of that, he's not there. So right. Right. if you want to meet with God, you've got to come to a building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, I still why, call it a church. Sure. And I know what I'm doing, though. Like I, But, you know, I'll be like, honey, I'm going to the church. We've been running And that. I know it's not the church. Yeah, with it's some of the, the stuff we've had here, because we let, let so many people use our building, um, I know we've got some people that still think that, that way. Like, totally. you, you know, you let the, this group come in here, and they do this yeah. kind of thing or that they kind of thing. the church. And, it, you know, this is a holy place. This is a sacred yes. place, and you can't. And it's like, no, nah, it's just a it's just a building. I'll still yeah. hear people say that. You, yeah. You, like, that's sacred. You can't yeah. do that. And it's like... Well, let's talk about And when that. you understand what the church is, it is sacred, but well, it's, it's, yeah. a group it's, of pe- it's a group of people gathered right. um, that really are the dwelling, you know. The, the church is more the, of a who than a what. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You get the idea from the New Testament that we're, we're being yeah. a, like a temple being built, living stone stacked where God yeah. dwells. And this yeah. is this is what the yeah. church is. It's a group of people. Yeah. If so, it were the case that the space was sacred, like we probably ought to get the 12-step programs out of there because some, right. the, some <laughs> of the things they say yeah. <laughs> during their meetings are unsacred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is mind-blowing to think about, I mean, just the idea that the Holy of Holies, the, the place that they were scared to go to in the temple, you know, Indiana Jones kind of thing with the ark and the whole bit. Um, now the the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, whatever you want to call it, is the Holy of Holies. So the, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God dwells in us as his people, and we're this sacred building or temple. And Where we are, yeah. there he is. It's crazy yep. to think about because yep. I don't feel like, yes. yeah. That, that's a that's a good place for God to be dwelling. <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah, but because of Christ. Yeah, praise possible. God. There's yeah. a mercy seat. For yeah, that right. Holy of Holies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you said ecclesia. So the you know, the Greek word for the church. What what does that mean? Do we know what ecclesia means? It means depends on who you ask. I mean, basically uh, gathering assembly, but also called right. out. Called out. Ones. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it doesn't mean a building. No. no, I guess is the point. So we're we're, we're, we're called out of the yeah. world it's to people, oneness to be together. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, that that, that idea. I mean, the idea of gathered together is cool, but the idea that God has has called this group out together, um, you know, the, it's there's something about that that's incredible. I talked about it a little sure. bit on Sunday. That's like, what I'm going to preach on this Sunday. It's you know, primarily like Matthew 17, the high priestly par- prayer, mm-hmm. where he, I'm calling it called out to call out is the actual yeah. name of the sermon. But the whole idea is that he calls them out as something special. He sanctifies them mm-hmm. with his righteousness, but he doesn't take them out of the world. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't pray. So they go back in to call more people out, and then, then they go back in to call more people out, and that's how the right. whole deal works, right? If we're constantly calling people out to be one. So I was thinking of it in the terms of like an adoption agency. You know, God walks through this adoption agency and, and calls out, you know, the kids that he wants to adopt. Yeah, yeah. To, to those he kids. wants to adopt, yeah. and, and it just kind of blows your mind to think that 
somehow I got yeah. in, how did I get into this yeah. mix? Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, that's the reality is he, he wanted us. Yeah. No. Um, he chose us just like he did Israel. You know, he had this special nation, nothing special no about Brent. them. Um, you chose him. Well, <laughs> you were like, you are going to adopt me into your family. Okay. Well, hold, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, like the nation of Israel, you know, even said, I didn't pick you because you were the best or the greatest or the most impressive. On the contrary, I, I picked you so that my glory would be seen in you. And so he, he just chooses to set his love on, on a group of people. Well, even yeah. things that are less than impressive, Absolutely. like on purpose. So <laughs> right. it, it, Israel was kind of the least, right? And then yeah. You, yeah. you even look at what he says in like First Corinthians chapter 1, 2, mm-hmm. 3, about us and those right. who he chooses. And it's like, gosh, these, these are the bad news bears. Somebody like, in the world. Are, yeah. That's what no, that's called. good news for losers, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I think about just the, you know, one of the beautiful things about the church is that, like, there are people that I'm friends with that I might not be friends with except for the church. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, people just from kind of all walks of life that, that maybe we wouldn't naturally gravitate towards one another. Yeah. Uh, or our paths might not even cross, but yeah. in the church they do. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that at the camp out, you know, sitting around, I'm looking around the fire, and I'm thinking about these people that I'm having conversations with and yeah. enjoying. Right. I'm, like, thoroughly enjoying these people. And, and apart from Christ, we wouldn't have anything to do with each other. Right. We wouldn't have those conversations. We wouldn't be seen around the same campfire, like... You know. Well, and there's that yeah. that reality that we don't have to wait till Sunday to gather in a building to enjoy the fullness of what the church is. This family d- dynamic we get we can do that throughout the week. And mm-hmm. if you look at you know the early church, you got the impression that they did that. Yes, and that's something that a lot of Christians don't value. Yeah, they didn't wait for a one year camp out. Like these these right. guys were making it a point to get together like daily, pretty much. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I know culturally it was different. The times were different, but we can still do a lot more than what we do. Yeah, absolutely. With getting together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the church really is more more of a who uh, than a what. Um, although, like, there is a building that we go to, and that's just kind of culturally, you know, how how we do church is we have buildings, and mm-hmm. uh, we do go there and we gather there, and so you know the, the spaces have have a level I think of importance. Um, but you know, the church is not just the place that we go. It's actually super helpful in our day and age to have a building, a place like this, because I think. <laughs> The idea of home church, I, I really enjoy that that concept. I think it's yeah. a great concept. I think it's biblical. But in this day and age, you know, to just show up to some stranger's home and, and walk in and hope that there's not something, you know, bizarre right. going on in there is is a little sketchy. So kind of the both-and idea that we have this building to meet in, um, you know, when we need it throughout the week, but also homes and, yeah. and people gathering together throughout the week and in smaller groups yeah. and things like that. Is That's the... Yeah, it's a public place. It's a neutral place, whereas homes, you know, seem more exclusive and more private. So you're more apt to even Mm -hmm. have outsiders feel like they can walk in. It is funny how people do that. Like, this is the only way. Yeah. This is the only way. And it's like, it's okay to do both. Mix mix it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the early church was doing both, right? Yeah. The portico was like major. They were out in public. They were in a public place. And then they had, you know, from house to house. Yeah. Yeah. Both are good. But let's talk for a second about speaking of the building, just kind of our, our value of our buildings and how we how we use those. You know, we, we want to be what they're worth. Kinda, uh, no, 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 <laughs> so, not that. <laughs> we did pretty uh, good on this one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good investment. Uh, you do not write on both of them, but uh, yeah. um, you know, we, we open up our buildings for community use, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we want to be a blessing to the community uh, in the locations that we have. Um, and that was, you know, a value, like when you guys started the door, like I'm, I'm assuming that has been a value from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? That's probably not a new, new value. Like what was your thinking in, you know, making that a value of the church? 
I think it was it just naturally flowed out of a missional mindset, right? Like, so you got the missional mindset of of being an outward church um, with ourselves, with what we say, with where we go, and who we interact with, and it just it it, it was just natural for that to carry over with the things God has given us, yeah. right? And so, like you you look at so many buildings that are millions and millions of dollars, and they're these these big pieces of art, you know, they're really nice and yeah. really beautiful and, and dressed up and the church, the church gathers there once yeah, a week. It gets used twice it doesn't a week, get used yeah. for anything. Yeah. And you got the community driving by it, probably wondering, you know, what do they do with this thing? You know, that's, that's awfully pretty. Yeah. It's awfully big, <laughs> you know? And so I, I think it just appealed to us. Like if we're an outward church, let's be outward with the things that God's given us as well. The sure. building just made sense. Like, well, and the know. idea that, you, you know, people aren't going to come to church, they, you know, the idea that somebody is going to be drawn to church, you know, in our culture right now is probably not going to happen as, as easily. So when we started the coffee shop, that was the idea. How, how can we get people to walk in, engage with us? Um, how is this and, more of a, a public meeting space for the community than it right. is a church? That's how we. I just found I was digging through the attic and I found our old uh, menu signs in there. It was kind yeah. of funny to, to see those, but but that was a way to get people to walk in and then hopefully, you know, do the same thing. And I think the same mindset exists with um, when, when we use the building for the play uh, company or whoever it is. Yeah. If we can find ways that the community just gets used to coming in here, trunk or treat. We have movies going on in here. People are playing pool. Um, they just see it as a place they, that they're exactly. welcome yeah, to exactly. come into. And uh, hopefully now, then the whole goal, though, is that, that, that yes. they would meet Jesus. It's yes. not just to, you know, to yeah. show kindness, but, but it is neat to have the reputation of being a generous church yeah, in the community. Absolutely. Now, logistically, I know why churches don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Messy-wise. Right, kind of messy, right? It's, it, it can is. be yeah. questionable, right. to put it nicely. But in the, in, the, in the other, when you think about, like, all the things that could have been stolen over the years or broken or vandalized totally. or... Uh, we, I mean, half the time our doors aren't even locked. Unfortunately, yep. uh, I don't know what's up with that. But <laughs> you come here a lot, and it's just they're not they're not even, you know, secured. Yeah. And God has just been very kind to us sure. in that regard. So, well, yeah. even morally, you know, there's the yeah. moral question of certain groups coming in and what they're doing, right, and stuff like that. And so, and it is a dance, like it is something that's kind of case by case, and um, that we have to kind of, you know, walk our way through and yeah. figure out. So it, I, I get why churches just go like. Let's just save the headache, right? Lock it down and just lock it down, and you know, Sundays only. Well, especially this last year, Lapine has been kind of messy in that regard. (laughs) As we've opened up the building to different things, and you know, we've we've had some theft, we've had some damage, and uh, we we found a guy sleeping in there one day, and he took off running when somebody came in and left behind. He was spunking, dude. He had a full set of keys for the building. (laughs) And a headlamp. Yeah, (laughs) dude was in there with a headlamp. Splunking. Yeah. It's, it's less part of the messiness. Eating chips in one of the showers. <laughs> yeah, we had that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, and that's priceless. That's just good. Yeah. That right there is a reason to open your yeah. building. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll talk about that 10 years from now, so that's good. Yeah, that, that one, that's a story that's going to yeah. hang around. That and the guy living in the crawl space. That was good, years too. Back, living oh, under, he was under yeah. the building. Yeah, living another way. Yeah. In, in every way, doing necessaries in the crawl space. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> like a little rat. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Anyway. So the church is not in and of itself uh, a building or a place to go, but but we do have a gathering space, and we're thankful. <laughs> we're almost for out that. of time, and we've got <laughs> one one misconception. Right. Yeah, we've got five more to go. <laughs> Did we start late or something? <laughs> no, we started on time. We just talk a lot. Anyway. Uh, okay. Doing? So let's let's move on then. Misconception uh, number two: uh, the church isn't really necessary. So what do you, what are you doing I don't know, dude. <laughs> the um, church isn't necessary. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to uh, a friend here a couple weeks back who uh, is a former pastor. 
and he kind of went on a little bit of a rant about, you know, I, why do I need to go to church on a Sunday morning to hear somebody's interpretation of Scripture, uh, you know, when I can read it and interpret it for myself. Or... Um, and then he went. want to say it. And then he went on to talk about, um, you know, that that you know, kind of the mission is out there, and so so yeah, maybe Sundays are good for kind of getting recharged, you know, to go back out and engage in the mission, which Sundays are good for that. But kind of in, in this conversation, this like that was kind of the entirety of the church for him is like I, I just need to go get recharged once in a while so I can go back out and do God's work. We can get recharged from home right now <laughs> on our living room couches. I know, but let's not talk about. Shh. Really? Are you referring to live streaming? <laughs> <clears throat> yes. I think uh, it, I think the first misconception flows into the second one because if you determine that it's the, the building isn't really a big deal, um, the next logical step is to say, well, then gathering isn't that big a deal, right? Mm-hmm. And so you you have people that just think that you know yeah. th- I can just have church you know on the river yeah. with my fishing pole yeah. and uh, I can still worship God. And the right. truth is, you know, unless two or three are gathered, you're not. I'm just kidding. That, that's. <laughs> We were talking about the other day. If you're by yourself, Jesus isn't with you. That's right. But if two or three are there, actually, that verse is talking about church discipline. We can get on that a different time. But, yes. but, but that I think that's the idea. Is I don't need the rest of them. But again, yeah. that, that's completely disobedient to to the scriptures, and and I think yeah. you're missing the whole idea of a body, um, you know, that that is interdependent upon each other and and is supposed to be serving each other and working together. That's the way Jesus has designed His church. Yeah. And you know, to step away from that is is to be disobedient, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Yeah. I, I mean, and then there's the other side of it. This is a whole different subject. But, like, if, you, if you're if you okay with not gathering with the people of God, like, if you think that's fine, um, then the, you got bigger problems. Yeah, yeah there's something like wrong. You, like, you've got bigger problems spiritually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, just even the mindset, it's like, this isn't just about you. No. I mean, it's about, right. it's about your brothers and sisters. It's about... The glory of God. And it's, it's about, also it's about, about you. living in yeah. community, yeah. Yeah. you know, and our testimony to the outside. But there's so many things. But oh. if you only think about yourself, yeah. um, I can see why people come to this conclusion. Yeah. But it's a very, it's a very myopic. Right. I think you're right, though. View. It's an extreme, right? If we if we can go ahead and establish that the building in and of itself is not special, mm-hmm. it's not the church, then anywhere is special. Yeah. Right. The problem is that the church isn't corporately gathering anywhere. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know. So well, and if you look at Acts yeah. two, I think you just see what the church was devoted to, yep. and it was biblical teaching. So the idea of the, uh-huh. hearing the proclamation of God's word, um, you know, you had basically fellowship, which is the idea of community, and this, you know, they relied on each other. They they shared what they had with each other. Um, they were like a big family. Uh, they they had communion, breaking of bread, eating meals. You know, the sacraments. That's a huge part of what the church is. And then that, the idea of prayer. You know, intercessory prayer, prayer for together, each other. Yeah. And and you can't really enjoy those things on your own, right? You can't uh, really to the same or extent. You... Well, you can to some extent. I mean, you can listen to a sermon, you know, in your car. You can, you know. I mean, there's things I guess you can. But there's things you but fellowship, can't. communion, yeah, <laughs> enjoy alone, yeah, in, on that right. list. Yeah. yeah, which I think people do. They just say, "Well, I'm getting, I'm getting what totally. I need, and that's good enough." But yeah. it's not the fullness. Yeah. And yeah. you're really missing out. I mean, again, if if you've been adopted into God's family, <clears throat> that's a privilege. Take full advantage right. of that. You know, this is, he's designed it this way for a reason. We're not supposed to go it alone. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually dangerous to go it alone. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I, I got into in my sermon this last Sunday was that if the church is who the Bible says it is, it's kind of silly that our approach would be consumeristic. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do consume, right? We consume the preaching of the Word. We do consume fellowship. But, you know, to, to have our involvement in the church be solely a consumeristic effort it is pretty silly if the church is God's 
plan and God's design and if we're dependent upon it, if we need each other. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and it'll if it'll be the church diso- is going to prevail to the end, it, yeah. it's silly that we would approach it with a consumeristic mindset. And, and even a disappointing experience in church, if that's what you're, if that's your whole thing, yeah. and, and it's not about pouring into the lives of others, it's going to be a very, just a kind of a crowd. I can see why people right. wouldn't want to go to church if that's all they're doing, is just coming sure. to get what they get and not coming to serve. Yeah, others. I would agree. If, if it is about what you can get, then I can think of 50 different places to go on a Sunday morning sure. to, to appease myself. Yeah. Like, like why would I want to come here? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but if it's about loving, loving others, serving others yeah. and, and glorifying the God that, you know, adopted you into his family, then it's yeah. going to change a lot. No, I like what he says here about, um, like the nature of the, the church, like Christ has reconciled us to him. And in so doing, he's also reconciled us to each other. Right. right. We've been brought into something bigger, right? Yeah. We, we've been saved from ourselves in, in multiple ways to others, you yeah. know, and that's, that's the disposition yeah. of the individual and the body of Christ. Yeah. In, in this article, there's a quote from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, in his book, Life Together, and it says, the prisoner, the sick person, the Christian in exile sees in the companionship of the fellow Christian a physical sign of the gracious presence of the triune God. Visitor and visited in loneliness recognize in each other the Christ who is present in the body. They receive and meet each other as one meets the Lord. In reverence, humility, and joy, they receive each other's benedictions as the benediction of the Lord Jesus Christ. Benediction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it jelly, is kind of a neat, a, neat, a neat thought that if you if you had a Christian that was imprisoned or an invalid that was sick or something like that, and and they were never around another Christian, when a Christian would come into that into their presence or into that room, uh, there's there's a unity. There's a there's something that takes place in that. I would even say if you're just walking around downtown and you run into another Christian, you get that same kind of experience. Totally. There's just such value in that. Completely. You're not alone. You're not the only weirdo in this world. You know, you, you've got other sojourners that are traveling along with you, For and sure. it does something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, number three. This, is, this one's my favorite. Go ahead. No, the next one's oh, my favorite. This is your favorite. Number three, the church is mine. That's rad. <laughs> just saying it's rad. The church is mine. <laughs> well, why is it your favorite? Because it, it sounds... It's fun to say. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> it's the most natural, right? Yeah. Like this is the one that's just easiest to, to do, you know, approach it. Well, like, you see both. You see the people that have that mindset, then you have the other ones no, that it's so. not even, it's not really theirs at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just this. Yeah, kind of both extremes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, sp- he spoke a little more to this, more in a pastoral way, I think, like that, you know, he that he owns it and he has to make things happen and make things as good as they can be and you know there's that arrogance yeah yeah of like the church that's kind of the way that he wrote it but um but no i mean consumeristically like just for any of us i I think it's it's easy for us to walk into something and say what does this do for me right what does this do for me is this going to work or is this not going to work for me right right and that's where where the problem is yeah yeah it's indicative of just a consumeristic mindset Mm -hmm. um you know it would be more accurate to say you know that the church is ours yep or that, that we belong to the church, uh, but not not that it's you know mine individually. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I think you want you want everybody to have buy-in. Um, I think I don't think that's what he's trying to talk about here. But I mean, yeah. the idea that that you you know everybody sees this as their the place yeah. they belong to. Yeah. That's important. That they're important, and that you know um, w- when you get to that place, it, it changes kind of. There's a new level of commitment or new. There's level good of, buy-in. Yes. And ownership. Yeah. Sure. And then there's dysfunctional. But when you start buy-in talking about like, <laughs> you know, I go I go to David's church or another you know whatever yeah. it is uh, when you when you use somebody's name, it's just like oh man, that makes me 
yeah. cringe when I hear that. It's yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. is not their church. It is Jesus's yes. church, yeah. not, you know, so-and-so's he, church. The older, and and then you're right. There's the people on the other end of it that, that won't buy into in a good way or own mm-hmm. any of them. I can't, I can't stay. I don't know how many Christians I've talked to that will say as a boast, like I've been to every church in central Oregon. Right. I've been through every church. I've been through yeah. 10 churches in the last 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, that's not a boast. Like, that's like a complete shame on yeah. you. Like shame on you, you know? And, and usually those kind of statements are followed by like, I've been to them all and they're all corrupt or they're all bad or like, yeah. here, here's their shortcoming. They, 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 they can't whatever. be mine enough. Yeah, yeah. So they move on, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the reality is that we're, you know, it is a blemished bride that's being perfected, mm-hmm. but you know you're always going to be able to find something wrong mm. because there's you know there's people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Spurgeon that talked about if he ever even did find the perfect church that you know, he would ruin yeah. the yeah, perfection of let, it by becoming a part of they it. They wouldn't yeah. let you in. Yeah, you'd yeah he would up. kill its winning streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and and so how do we how do we as pastors try to foster within people kind of this anti-consumerist mindset about the church. I, I've been trying to figure this out for 12 years. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have no idea. It's I mean, million I, dollar question, the big right? thing is when you see somebody that begins to serve others in the church, um, that, that, that they don't come to get, they come to give. And that's their, you know, again, we, we get when we come to church, we all do. That's part of the, the beauty of the church is that you are, you're always going to receive. But when you, when you make that shift yeah. to, to, I'm not just going to receive, I, I'll be, I'll receive naturally, but I'm going to, I'm here to serve and to right. give. It just changes everything. Less, Self is the answer. Yeah. The problem yeah. is getting people to believe it right. and experience right. yeah, yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like that's the part I haven't figured out how to get somebody yeah. from here to there other than just saying, forget yourself more. Everything else right? in our society feeds our consumerism. Yeah. Everything. Well, and I think there's also that mindset that you have to be doing something grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be grand. Uh, you can come in with just the mindset on a Sunday morning that I'm going to try to um, pray for somebody. I'm going to try to encourage somebody. I'm going to try to find somebody that looks like they're alone or hurting and yeah. just sit next to them. And I mean, there's so many things that you can yeah. do that take your mind off of yourself and what you're there yeah. to get. I'm going to make a deposit. Yes. I'm not just yeah. like, I'm not just going to withdraw or see how much I can right. withdraw, mm-hmm. which is going to naturally happen anyway. It's part of why yep. believers need the church is because there are withdrawals that we get, but I'm going to deposit. I'm yeah. Go stick something no, when you in walk there. in and yeah. say, I hope I get something out of this today. Yes. I hope the music, I hope I like the songs. I hope I like the sermon. I hope it's, you know, it's just me, 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 me. And yep. that's the way we all naturally think. Yep. I'm the first yeah. guy to say, I think that yeah, way. Well, no one has to teach us that. No, but, but if you can yeah. switch it around and, and start to say, okay, um, I, I'm not here just for me. I'm I'm here for others too. Yeah. It's a big difference, and, and that's when you get the biggest withdrawal. Yep. <laughs> so when yeah. you're deposit, yeah, it's better to give than receive. <laughs> it, totally. it really, it really, is. it's no lie. Yeah. I, I ended my sermon on on this point last Sunday, where Paul in in First Corinthians fourteen twelve says that if you're eager to see a manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? outdo one another. Like one of the most spiritual things you can do is to 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 make the deposit, mm-hmm. right? Not to just keep taking the withdrawal. Exactly. To make the deposit. Yeah. Well, and then it becomes your church again. That it goes to that not in a not in a you know consumeristic right. way, but it's like there's that buy-in now. Yeah. All of a sudden, right. I, I have a role to play here. Yes. I, you know what I do here is important and it matters. Yes, yeah, yeah because yeah. it's mine. I don't need to go and see what all I can take because it's mine. I want to go and and give as much as I yeah. can give. Right, it, like it, it shifts everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we ready for the next one? Heck yeah! Nope. No, I don't, know what, I don't know what it is. But. The church is a business. Well, in America, that's that's all it's become. Yeah, it's, there's uh, there's some truth. Like that's not 
Like there are some churches that are that. Like that might not be a misconception in, in many cases. Just our model. The church our, should Our framework, the way that we even view a successful church and we go about building a successful church, like it's so corporate, man. It's right. so well, I corporate. think he even says that people would say, oh, of course it's not a business, but then they, they treat it in every way like a business. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. And, and we're, it's easy to fall into it. Completely. Because we measure things the way a business measures things. Yeah. I think he uses the, you know... Um, bottom line or bottoms in the seats and yeah, I can't yeah. remember what the other one was but but you know the it's, budgets buildings and bottoms yeah like it's that. it's it's the numerics kind of thing you know yeah. if 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 we have people coming in and if we're seeing growth and if we're seeing money and you know then we're successful and that's the same way a business measures things right um so I, um we've got parachurches that do this right we've got um we've got churches that do it we were in a church um where the elder board were were not <laughs> made up of guys who were who met the biblical qualifications. Sure. They were successful they were businessmen, businessmen yeah. who had gone out into the world and knocked it out of the park. And so um, the people like voting these people in are, are looking at that and going, who, who better right. to run our church than these guys who have been successful in the world, right? Um, and I remember, uh, oh, what the heck was it? Um, what's the little Bible people? Gideons? Yeah, the Gideons, you know? Like you have to actually have been like a, at least at the time when I was kind of rubbing elbows with them, you had to have been like a successful person in the world in business in order to get on the board. Right. Mm -hmm. So they actually, so here's this place that distributes Bibles. Like you're thinking there's nothing better than that, nothing wrong. And yet they're, they're doing the same thing where you have, you have to have been accomplished in the world in order to be accomplished in handing Bibles out, you know, um, and it was just sickening. Just, what are you smiling at? <laughs> you said that they're little Bible people. I'm just picturing. Now they're, most of them are full okay, size. You're little people I with was, Bibles. I was just, <laughs> they represent the Gideon Guild. Just walking around and out Bibles. They it got was, a lollipop yeah, in one hand. And I played out a whole scene in my mind. It was fantastic. You know what? That was dumb. Right? Here. You know what I meant. Can we I talk do. about this stuff? I think pocket Bibles, man. But yeah, they put out normal size Bibles too, right? In hotels. So, uh, sorry. You're not okay. just little Bible people. <laughs> I'm glad we redeemed that. <laughs> but you are accomplished. Uh, sorry. There, there's a quote in this article from a guy named Matt Damati. Uh, he says, many people view local churches like small businesses where the pastor is the CEO and the people are the customers. They think the church exists to give them and their children a menu of programs, activities, and events. Those who decide to serve are like employees of the business, making sure the programs are, are well organized, the coffee is hot, the marketing is catchy, and the activities are plentiful. And the bathrooms are squeaky clean. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, it is that if we build it, they will come kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. mindset. Yeah. You know, everything has to just be just so. And it's very polished and it's very precise and professional and plastic, I would even say. And, and it really does, it, it, it does draw people. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, it, when it really comes down to it, you know, if you see kind of just the heart of love and, and the, um, you know, the reality of Christ in our midst, that's what people really care about more than this other stuff. It's Even if you look at our sanctuary and our, that both, you know, it's, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it says something that we're not all about the building. It's, it's how we're treating each other and how we're interacting yeah. is what makes the church so different. Yeah. And the reason for it then is Christ, right? He's the reason why there's such a difference in our, in our relationships and in our interactions. Um, it, it's yeah, and and yet we're we're looking at the world and going, gosh, look at how they grew and look at how they exploded and look at like it's just again our view of success is completely different in the church. 
completely yeah. different than it is in the world, and yeah. church people need to know that. <laughs> pastors well, need to know that, because some of these pastors today, yeah, I mean, I can think of that, that just the way that they present themselves and what they're putting out there is the carrot. Right. People that should know better, man. No, bigger, like, better, you bigger better buildings, bigger, better programs. And again, I would say, because we've gotten in trouble with this, uh, the, the, the programs, the way to reach people, the, the way to minister to people, um, if your motivation is to, to see people discipled and built up in Christ, programs are, are fine. We're not anti-program. But, but so often it seems like the reason that people have all these things is just to attract more people, right. to get more money, to grow bigger. <laughs> You know, that's that's really the uh, they wouldn't say that, but it just it just seems like everything is more about marketing a good church and, yes. and you know, growing a big business corporation, whatever you want to call sure. it, just growing bigger, 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 yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, to swing too far the other direction and say we're not going to have any, you know, I, I don't think that's what we're saying when we come no, against this. Not at all. Yeah, well, tell that to the people who come and look at our carpet in the sanctuary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still I still have people say thank you. And I know, again, it's a small amount of people. Most people walk in and be like, right. what are these people doing? Like, on the wall. How long have they been in this building? Six years? Like, shouldn't <laughs> they have a better floor? Like, why are they leaving this year, right? But you got those people that come in and go, that's the reason I came to your church. That's the reason I came back to your church, is I looked at this carpet on the ground, and it told me what you were and weren't about. It's true. Right. Your, your wish... church is in the church that you own? Mine. <laughs> Did you say Sorry. mine? Yeah. You know what I'd like to see gone <laughs> is there's a white sticker on one of the pieces of plywood uh, from Home Depot, wherever we bought it that's been there for now <laughs> seven years, that we just need to peel off. So well, this point we'll get right on that. There's probably going to leave a mark. Like I don't, even think, I don't even think it's up very high. We'll get right Every on that. Every once in a while I look over, and it's in the middle of a service usually, and it's just like, Newman, I see that stupid little sticker. <laughs> like, how much like, did that sheet of plywood cost? Yeah. It says Funny. it on there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, when we see the church like a business as as pastors, um, you know, that also feeds people's consumerism, mm. right? Because you know we're, we're you, know, you got to keep the seats filled, right? yeah, and you do what you can to keep the seats filled. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I read somebody say something one time that, that church marketing is basically just me telling you why my church is better than yours. Totally, like it just doesn't right. even make sense. Totally, um, you know, in that aspect that, that we would you know compete, like even though nobody probably. Yeah, frames it that way, but but if we're competing with other churches, you know, for people, there's one, um, there's one, you know, that's that's doing, that's growing pretty big right now in town, and um, and it's a, it's a good church, you know, but like ev- every every stud and every foundation and every wall and every piece of roofing that's being done is thrown out on Facebook for everyone to see the progress yeah. of the next part of their kingdom being built. And I don't think they intend it to be that way, but that's exactly what it looks like is look at how much better this one's going to be. Yeah. Like, come on over here. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just stop it. Yeah. Just knock it off. <laughs> Share those things with your congregation on a Sunday. Like, stop putting that stuff out there and blowing a trumpet. You yeah. Know? It's just annoying. Yeah. So, so there, there is that's how I feel about it. You know, there, there is a business aspect to what we do. I mean, you know, we, we, have, we have a budget, we have bills to pay, and, you know, those kinds of things. And so we do... You don't have to pay attention to those things, but at the end of the day, the church uh, is not not a business. There is something nice about kind of being a lean, mean fighting machine, though, yeah. where the finances, so, you know, it's like we're not fully dependent. Uh, we're, you know, obviously there's bills to pay and stuff, right? but um, we're set up pretty well, you know, pretty low um, threshold as far as what we need. Yeah. Um, and, and it's nice because if things do go south, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean... It's not an anchor. Yeah. It's not a huge right. anchor. And, and it's these, not even a temptation. churches are building anchors yeah. to where, like, if... If this thing's done, then you're done. Well, and that becomes that, that, that becomes this <laughs> yeah. temptation then to make sure that you never say anything that will will turn a donor away or or cause somebody to not want to 
you know, continue to give generously. Yeah. And so you, you start thinking that way. Yep. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's that, that segues nicely into number five. Oh, nice. Number five. The church should be comfortable. We finally get the good, <laughs> we get to talk about the good Spurgeon quote right here. Yeah. Woo, I like this quote. We're talking about Did the chairs. Want, do you want to just read it since you, you like it so much? If the gospel bring. Oh, wait, that's not it. Never mind. It's number six. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Never mind. We'll get to that one in a minute. I ain't reading this quote. This quote ain't that good. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there's this this kind of way of thinking that says that you know the church should make me feel good, um, even tickle my ears, uh, never offend me, never challenge me with hard things. Actually, even be comfortable, like the chairs yeah. and the and the, the sound yeah, yeah, levels and the, yeah, all of those types of things. Those are real things, which are all subjective things. Yeah. yeah. You know, one person's going to think this is great, and another person's going to say, you know, yeah. it's just funny how how many discussions we have with people on on those types of things. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. <laughs> years ago, I was in a church service one time where uh, music wasn't even that loud, and there was uh, an older lady who had maybe like four generations in the church, like her family went back a ways, and this church had been around for a long time, and standing there with her hand, her fingers in her ears like this, and just a scowl on her face like she was trying to make a point. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, like, church should be comfortable. Like, tell that to the early church. Like, t- tell right. that tell that to the the current day church that's underground yeah to the to the persecuted church right now um it's so bad yeah. when you start to just put it in that context <laughs> right of what of how the church actually lives and functions in most parts of the world other than ours yeah it's it, like you you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself right like it's just ridiculous yeah and, and maybe we have a, a kind of a wrong definition of, of what comfort is I mean, the church should should be a comfort in that, you know, we apply the gospel to every area of our life, and, and even if that offends us, even if that rubs up against us and challenges us, that, you know, like God is the God of all comfort, but but in this thing that the church should be comfortable, that's not that's not what they're talking about and what they're getting. No, at. it should definitely be a place where you can come and, and, and be restored and be encouraged yeah. and be, you know... Where but, we're relationally comforted right, right, by right. each other. If we're, you're injured... We're spiritually comforted. Yeah, you should be yeah. able to come and but get, not, you know... Physically, some triage when you need it here and all that kind of stuff. Definitely yeah. that. But but the idea, again, that it's about, you know, y- you getting, you know, your nice lounge, Barco lounger with your with your nice little umbrella drink. And, right. And, you know, somebody there to make sure that, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I th- again, it's that consumeristic mindset. Right yeah. That was a good step. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. Garcon. <laughs> yeah. That, that's. I don't have any lotion on there. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Keller who uh, who once said something that the, that the gospel afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. Mm. Um, and, and that's, that's true. So, so we do get, you know, comfort from the gospel, but it has little to do with chairs and air conditioning, um, and, you know, feeling good and, and those kinds of I things. I love that it's not a comfortable place in regards to how God's word challenges us yeah. and, and yeah. That, that the sermons that I hear and the, and the thing they hear, you know, the preaching that, that we get, uh, oftentimes, you know, rocks your world, doesn't yeah. comfort you at all. It actually challenges every mm-hmm. as you know, every fiber of your being to, you know, in a good way. That's that's something that I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want just candy coated messages that right. go down easy and tickle my ears, make me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be challenged in that regard too. So in yeah. that sense, yeah, I, it shouldn't be comfortable all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's what yeah. we're spiritually consuming and receiving mm-hmm. when we come that like um doesn't make the kind of chair that you're sitting in that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like if the preaching's good and uh and Christ is being glorified, like you're you're only gonna use the front of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people want to come to church and hear about you know how much God loves them and how much they're cared for and how, how unique and special they are and. Um, and of course, God loves us, and of course, He's created us uniquely, and those kinds of things. But, but if we never, you know, talk about the other side of things that you know, that we're rebels uh, and that we're sinners in need of a Savior, then, then we're doing people a disservice uh, as pastors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we get to number six? Yes. The church must be protected. Got any good quotes for this one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now's the time. I've heard you quote this in a sermon before. Uh, Spurgeon. Suppose a number of persons were to take it into their heads that they had to defend a lion, a full-grown king of beasts. There he is in the cage, and here come all the soldiers of the army to fight for him. Well, I said, I said what are we doing? <laughs> I should suggest to them... If they would not object and feel that it was humbling to them that they should kindly stand back and open the door and let the lion out, I believe uh, that that would be the best way of defending him. Or What am I doing? And, uh, dude, this is so small. <laughs> you can... Uh, I'm, no, I just, I just uh, okay. did the deal. Uh, I would suggest to them, if they would not object and feel that it was humbling to them, that they should kindly stand back, open the door, let the lion out. I believe that would be the best way of defending him, for he would take care of himself. And the best apology for the gospel is to let the gospel out. That was tough to get that out. <laughs> but that, that was, was a That's a good quote, That's a good though. quote. It man. is a good quote. It's like, let the lion quote. out. Like, it can take care of itself. Right. We don't need to apologize for it or dress it up or, you know, um, try to make it better. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if, you, if, you're, if your view of the church is that it's this very fragile thing that we have to constantly worry about breaking, um, it, it, it just puts a lot of pressure on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see, you almost see that mindset, I would say, in our country right now uh, because people have, you know, conflated... America and the church into yes. the same thing. And right. so when we see the fragility of America and, and the direction it's going, um, I can see why people are alarmed about that. But in regards to the church, right. it's like, it's solid, you know? It's sure. it's like, you know, there's a lot of hammers that have tried to wear that anvil out over the years, and it, yeah. ain't, it ain't going nowhere. Well, well, it's even, I've seen him, and I think he goes into this here, is, you know, since the missional church, which I'm actually going to talk about on Sunday has kind of become like the thing to rip on now. Like it became kind of the, mm-hmm. the cooler hip thing, which I would argue is just straight a biblical thing. Um, but um, some of what people have done with it have caused other more conservative people to, to rag on it and bag on it and put it down. And one of them being that we, we don't need non-believers in the church, right? There's no, there's no reason to invite outsiders into the church that they should be sitting with you. And I really think that's more of the context of this quote is like, why not? Like, like, like let's let the gospel like defend itself yeah. from, from the church or the threats or anything like that. Let's let the gospel be heard and do its thing. Right. Rather than us say, Oh, this is, this is too loose and this is too, you know, social and this is too, you know, seeker sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? Let's let the gospel speak for itself when people come and hear it. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Bible tells us that, like, the church is going to persevere till the end. Gates of hell won't prevail over yeah. the church. So even in all of its flaws, uh, the church is going to survive. Uh, yeah. we're, we're told that. Um, and, um, There's a slim yeah. chance that I disconnected something. with. I was, I'm, like, thinking, like, what are you doing <laughs> over there? Uh, somebody moved the little box with all the cords in it next to my feet, and I've just been 
kicking it around, and I think I disconnected the internet cable. So, no, this this says that we're still live. So okay, ho- never hopefully mind. that's true. Yeah. Well, as long as there's not a flower, it's yeah, usually it's in front of the area. Now it's sitting away over here. By gotcha. Me, so I yeah. don't know how I did that. Okay. Be careful. Keep your feet to All yourself. Right. Yeah. Sorry if any technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> the church is not a fragile thing, but no. Technology, sir. Right, our, our live stream is a little <laughs> yeah. fragile. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and evidently, Brandon is fragile because he says, "Don't gre- don't get rid of the AC, please." So, yeah. You know, I thought about that when we were talking about not being comfortable. I'm like, yeah. "Well, we got to keep that." Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be an essential. Well, and yeah. he, um, yeah. is he's good. good. Yeah. You know, yeah. church on Sunday, dude. We walked in, and my and it was cold it Sunday was cold. morning in Lapine. Yeah, and Mike had the doors wide open, and this breeze is just pushing through. <laughs> and I said, Mike, we we need warm church, not cold church. Like if we want people to actually come in and then yeah. maybe come back, we need warm church, not cold church. So I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So so the church must be protected. So so where how do we how do we balance maybe defending the gospel, um, you know, standing up for the church at the, but at the same time, understanding like this is, this is God's business to ultimately protect the church, to grow the church, to build the church. Well, I think he just, there's some things we put in, he's put in our inbox and there's, there's other things that are in his and, you know, so growing the church, building the church, um, saving people, all those kinds of things, uh, you know, his grand purpose and plan and all things, those are all his department. Yeah. He's asked us to preach the gospel, um, to be, you know, to, to guard truth in the church. I mean, as shepherds, you know, we're called to protect the flock. We're called to shepherd the flock, feed the flock, um, guard truth, those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, be faithful in the things he's called us to be faithful Mm -hmm. to, and then trust him, you know, Mm -hmm. to be sovereign over the the bride that he loves. And yeah, again, he's, he's like privileged us to be the means in which he accomplishes what he's already going to accomplish. <laughs> right. 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 So, so there, there's the synergism. Like he's, he's going to do it, but he's like, I'm going to yeah. do it through you. Right. So, so we don't necessarily, so in spite of us as Christians have, have to take up arms or something like that. I don't right. think so. Some we, days we, I would like to, we don't have to, in our obedience to God, we don't necessarily have to defy tyrants. Like are those, we talking tyrants here? Cause right, yeah, those are one of the same thing, right? <laughs> right. Well, so that's that, that we've mentioned that thing before, but really yeah. the, that the idea behind that is, is, is the passage in acts that says, you know, if we have a choice of obeying man or obeying God, we always want right, to yeah. obey God. And we don't disagree with that, but the idea well, it doesn't mean we have to be jerks when we do it either. No. Right? And it also doesn't mean if somebody, you know, it's not like you pull out your gun and, and you you fire on people that, right. are, that are disagreeing. I've always wanted to do this. I mean, their poster shows like a skull with a knife yeah. right through the skull and a yeah. king's crown on the skull. It's like, you know, uh, obey God, defy tyrants. And it's like, what do you mean stab them in the head? I right. mean, is that is that what you're advocating? Well, you've even got the, the end of the worlders, right? And a lot of them are Christians, like Bible-believing Christians who are, you know, sticking barrels of water and shotguns in their basement. Like, they're ready to blow the bridge, Right. And it's like, and, and I've asked some of them sometimes, like, what what are you actually going to do with those guns when someone comes to your house? Like, are you are you actually just going to start picking people off? Like, is that, yeah. <laughs> is that how this is going to? Are we talking regular people or zombies? Well, zombies, it dep- on, that yeah, matters. depends. Depends on how they're dressed. Do they have Crocs? Do they not have Crocs? <laughs> do they have little plows and lights on their Crocs? That, that, yeah, that guy's getting shot. Do they have headlamps? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we're saying. What are we doing, <laughs> Jag? Come on, um, get this thing. What are? We? Yeah, no. So, so well, we've we've gotten through the six uh, misconceptions. <laughs> so the conclusion. Praise be to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Oh. So, so are, are there any other misconceptions you feel like worth mentioning? I mean, th- this was just one article where a guy's like, there are more misconceptions than this, but here's kind of six big ones. But you know, I, big I, ones you guys can think of. I don't think we should about. even get started on the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so there's so many misconceptions, but these are just good reminders. Yeah. You know of what what it is we're about and what we're not well what we should be about and what we shouldn't be about according to what we have in the in the word of god concerning the church and who it right. is what it does why it's there who it's for you know what i mean yeah like like the, the, these are just good staples well and that just a reminder that there's beauty in what god has is designed in the family of god um, that we get to be a part of, and mm-hmm. that, that just to recognize what a privilege it is to, to love the church. It's it's easy to take pot shots at it and to find problems and to to nitpick it, but yeah. um, you know to understand you've been adopted into a family and what a privilege this is. Take yeah. full advantage of what God has created. He's done this for our good and for His glory, and, yeah. and we need to we need to recognize that. Yeah, so absolutely, um, yeah, we shortchange yeah. ourselves. When yeah. we don't take full advantage mm-hmm. of what God has given us to take advantage of. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I so much appreciate. Um, that I get to be a part of the family of God. It's like no other family that exists in the world, you know. Right. I think everybody longs to be a part of something and to belong and to be accepted, and, and we have this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what a what a cool thing we get to be a part of. So, yeah. and it's good for me to look to look at this because um, kind of as a, a type A or a, a guy that really enjoys like church planting and stuff like that. Like, it's easy to get off track and look at, oh, this will work. If I do this, if I do that, yeah. it's easy to fall into or buy into what you see almost every other church around you doing and right. go, well, gosh, I could do that too. You know what I mean? And it would like we, I mean, I say it all the time. There's a hundred ways that we could probably grow our church tomorrow by doing some of these things today. Sure. Right. Um, but they're just caca. <laughs> yeah. You know, God's given us a pretty, a pretty simple design. Brent, you didn't like the <laughs> punctuation on that? <laughs> okay. All right. Could have been better. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's given us a, a simple design and a simple plan, and we we just overcomplicate it um, at times. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we sign off? What do you guys want to pray? Sure. Lord, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for uh, articles like this that re uh, that remind us uh, which direction um, you would have us go and why. We thank you for the church. We thank you for making us a part of what you're doing in building the church. Uh, I pray that we would always um, just be content um, with knowing um, what you've asked us to do and what you haven't, um, that we would find our identity in you and not the appearance, some superficial appearance of success. I pray that we would also, all, uh, myself mostly, be be humble um, in uh, how I look at things like this and be humble within myself, be humble before you, uh, that I might be pleasing uh, to you um, as part of your church. And so, yeah, thank you for uh, this time, this day, um, all your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. See you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.